Not that I need to defend our, our mass attendance, but it seems a little light. And if any of you are wondering why, we had our parish picnic last night, and there were, not exaggerating, a thousand people, if not more than that, here last night in the park for mass, and a wonderful celebration afterwards, so hopefully the first of many. But uh, thank you for taking the time this Sunday to come and worship with us. We have a little interesting situation that kind of follows in the same general theme of something we had last week. Remember last week we had that beautiful scene in which Peter proclaimed the divinity of Christ and then right after that, not understanding the Lord talking about his suffering, has the Lord end up saying, get behind me, Satan. It's quite a drastic turnaround. And this week in the gospel, our Lord, again, teaching his disciples, talks about the reason he came to earth that he has to be handed over, that he has to suffer and to be killed. And obviously, you know, the disciples, they're very much intensely listening and focusing and soaking in what the Lord is saying because we find out later, what are they talking about right after that? But which one of them is the greatest? They're having a my dad is stronger than your dad argument. And it's like, dude, he just said he was going to die for you. And you're thinking about which one you know, he's got more followers on Instagram. It just doesn't follow exactly. And our Lord then goes to talk about the importance of being childlike and allowing ourselves to imitate the, the way that a child lives. And I think we've all thought many times about this. You know, there's the beautiful sort of uh, docility that a child has of just leaning into its, its mother and its father. But I've been reading a book recently that was written by somebody I studied with in Rome, and it talks about mimetic desire and kind of how uh, we meme the people around us. You think of a meme, the terrible little, put your hand here, there's a wall. But we're affected by models in our life all the time, and whether we know it or not, people are influencing us. You know, I remember a couple of years ago, I saw the Apple Watch that came out, and I'm like, oh my gosh, that is ridiculous. Why would I need something that I need to charge every day on my wrist? Well, it's, it's on my wrist. And a few months after I got it, it was on Monsignor's wrist as well, right? At that model, if you see it, and all of a sudden it's in your mind and it begins to soak in. And then we can look at the household. Uh, Monsignor is a very active person. He walks, I'm not kidding, like six to eight miles a day on average. He just, he's always kind of moving and going and he's in great shape, 59. I hope to be half as good a shape as that at an old age of white haired 59 that our pastor is. <laughs> but during quarantine, we got all stuck in a house and it's like, oh my gosh, I need to get out of here. What am I gonna do? Well, what's modeled to me? What's being, uh, is someone going out and walking? I'm like, I should try this go for a walk. And I realized, like, it's actually enjoyable. You burn more calories than you realize going out there and more than one foot in front of the other. And now, both Father Jack and I, on a pretty regular occurrence, will just go for a walk as, as the workout for the day, right? And it's a good thing to live in a house where the three of us can inspire. We see each other go to the chapel and it reminds us how much time we need to spend in prayer. These are all models. These are all memeing. And this book I'm reading is talking about how this plays in our lives, how marketing takes advantage of it, but, but how we make decisions 
based on what's modeled to us that we don't even realize. And there's some behavioral scientists who've been practicing this with, with children, with babies. And this one scientist would go in and he'd have these three different babies and each day he would kind of spend a little time with them and he'd make the same face, right? One, he would stick his tongue out, the other one would just open real wide, the other one, I don't know, make a face. But the babies would then imitate that, right? They're sponges. They soak up everything that they learn uh, from the people around them. And then they went on and did this experiment where they took like a doll and it had like a natural sort of breaking point and these adults, different adults would come in before the children and they would try to pull the toy apart, but then they would like fail, like they weren't strong enough to actually just do that. And then they would leave the toys with the children and all of them would take the toy and not fail to tear it apart doing exactly what was like modeled to them, but they understood the desire behind what they were trying to do and would pull the toy apart. That children have the ability to totally soak in not only what a parent is doing or a model is doing, but they understand the desire behind it. We had that Pew Research a few years ago that we talk about with That Man Is You, and it talks about the percentage of faith being passed on based on how involved. And the second highest situation was, was a father and a mother both practicing their faith. That a certain percentage, I think it's only like 65%, would their, the faith would be passed on. But then if only the father practiced the faith, it was like in the 70s. It's very interesting. Like why would just the father practicing have more to do than both? I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that in many of those situations where both the father and the mother, dad probably wasn't really taking it that seriously. He might have gone because his wife made him or the, the family did, he just sort of did it out of obligation, but a child can pick up on whether or not it's serious in their parents. And it's so important for, for us to realize that we are models of the faith to the people that were around. So who are we like? You know, I was just watching just a short thing. There's a bishop out of Australia, and he's really good. His name is Bishop Umbers. But uh, he does the whole memes. He does it on Instagram. And there was a picture of someone, like, on a ship. And it said, like, the ship was leading them. And uh, it was, like, the moral life of the ship. And it looked like the moral life of the ship was carrying them forward. But then you get another picture, which is the whole thing. And they're not on the water, but they're actually on a semi-truck. And the semi-truck is just driving down the road and it said worldly, worldly culture. That we can understand uh, that even while we try to live out our faith, oftentimes it's the ways of the world that are really driving the boat. It's our, the models of sports, and entertainment and people all around us that affect our desires, that affect what is really that core thing that we're striving for. So we have to really ask ourselves to name who is influencing me. Right? I've said for years, 
We are who we hang out with, who we spend time with, what we watch, what we consume, the type of conversations that we have. All of these things affect the choices that we make. It affects what's important in our life. And our Lord here is saying, you've got to be like a child who receives me, who imitates me, who puts on Christ, so that when we interact with people in our life, they then receive Christ through us. So as we have that precious couple moments of the Lord being in our hearts as we receive communion, let's ask him to name any models that are influencing our life in a way that is not of God and truly allow our core to be centered on him, to make him first, to allow that reality of Jesus to be the only foundation that we build our life upon so that we can put on Christ and be Christ to the world.